Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Physionic Podcast, or welcome back to the Physionic Podcast if you're a longtime listener. Thanks for stopping by yet again. My name is Nicholas Verhoeven. I'm a PhD candidate in molecular medicine. I hold my master's in exercise physiology, and I worked in a metabolism laboratory for a number of years. Uh, I have a few papers that are published from that metabolism laboratory as proof. And uh, I'm going to leave it with those credentials this time around because uh, this is going to be a topic that is heavily involved in well, not, not heavily because I could go way more into detail with this, but ultimately uh, this is going to be revolving around metabolism and nutrition. And so I actually have nutrition science uh, background as well in my undergrad. Uh, so in a previous podcast, the podcast that I released just before this one, I made a quick kind of offhand comment that sleep increases uh, fat utilization. And then immediately after that, I said, but don't think that that means that then you should sleep more or that that somehow conveys this information that you will lose greater body fat uh, by sleeping more or that sleep leads to fat loss or whatever it might be. Uh, fat utilization is not necessarily equal to fat loss, body fat loss. And that's actually the question or the the subject that I'd like to tackle this time around because I asked if people were interested and it seems like uh, people are. So that's what I'm going to kind of reconcile. Throughout this podcast, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you six different scenarios. I'm going to break them down as simply as possible. I really don't want to go too much into the weeds. I certainly can in future podcasts. If you're interested in that, uh, I'd be happy to go into the actual metabolic uh, features of these things, understanding the physiology of it, understanding the subcellular aspects of it. But for this podcast, uh, I'm going to break things down to, into six categories. I'm going to show you why popular things like keto are effective, but they're not any more effective than any other diet. Uh, and I'm also going to compare that to a really high carbohydrate diet and show you the exact same reasoning for, for why that is. Now, if you'd like to see some really simplistic visuals, then you can hop onto the visual version of this podcast. But as usual, if you're just listening, don't worry about it. I'll be explaining things as I go along. Okay, so again, I mentioned that at the in the middle of, of my last podcast on metabolic flexibility that when you're sleeping, you are oxidizing, and you're going to hear me say this often, and it's synonymous with the word utilize, so you're using fat molecules. And that is because you are in a low uh, you're not very active. Your your body is not active. So when you're moving really quickly, like you're exercising, typically your body switches to using more carbohydrates. And I mentioned this in the Metabolic Flexibility podcast. Now, when you are obviously not moving at all or moving very little, your body uses more and more fat uh, to accommodate that because you have a limited, quote unquote, limited supply of carbohydrates and you have a a wealth, a, a, an ocean's worth of fat molecules that the body can tap into. So why would it uh, tap into this limited supply of energy when it could easily uh, tap into this wealth of uh, supply of energy? Uh, so, or nutrients, 
molecules, however you want to end up defining it. So that's why during sleep, the body predominantly uses uh, fat for its uh, production of energy. So why does using fat oxidation end up not being a great marker of actual body fat loss? That's really what I'm trying to get to the crux of here. So to, to start this off, I'd like to, to just kind of throw up this visual here, um, really simple, and this is what I'm going to manipulate as I go through the podcast. But again, if you're listening, all it is, is it's a person uh, in the middle of the screen, and I've got on the left side, I have the intake, so how much they are consuming, and on the right side, there is the expenditure, so how much are they burning off, how much are they actually using. And I, then I just have a really simple uh, explanation of fat on one side and fat on the other side, so left and right, and carbohydrates the exact same, left and right. Now, typically, uh, what makes up our overall intake is, right, fat. We consume fat nutrients from our uh, you can see that on a nutrition label. Uh, we have to be consuming fat nutrients, which is, again, synonymous with molecules. And uh, it's, it's important for us to understand that those are, those are the same thing. So we're not talking about fat cells. We're talking about fat molecules or fat nutrients, one and the same. Carbohydrates are another way that we can get our intake so that we consume these foods. And then we also have proteins. I didn't throw them up here because I don't, uh, I, I want to keep things as simple as possible. So that is our makeup of our intake. And then on the expenditure side, we also have fat because that's what we end up using, uh, right? We're, we're trying to drop body fat in this overall scenario. So you are going to have to actually use those fat nutrients, those fat molecules. So there has to be a certain level of release of these fat molecules to produce energy. Now, on the other hand, you can also have carbohydrates. We also use carbohydrates, and therefore you can also have this release of carbohydrates. Again, did not throw protein in there, also, although technically there are metabolic pathways that kind of circumvent this whole thing and are protein-centric. But Overall, we definitely, in metabolism, we focus on these two nutrients, the fat nutrients and the carbohydrate nutrients. Those, those are what we intake, but they are also what we end up expending. So the, uh, how we end up getting the, the energy that, um, that we need. So then there are a variety of different scenarios. So I'm going to, some of them are really simple and really stupid, but I'm still going to go through them. The first scenario is what happens to your body when you consume only protein? Again, the overall scenario is you're trying to lose body fat, okay? What happens when you consume only protein? Well, that's impossible. You'll die. Uh, because, why? Because your body needs fat. It needs to be consuming a certain type of fat. Uh, I'm not, again, going to bog this down with the different types, saturated, polyunsaturated, the chain length, the degree of saturation. I'm not going to go into that. But the point is that if you consume only protein, you will die. Okay? So we can cross that one off the list. Okay? Consuming only carbohydrates. Same problem, right? Uh, well, actually, it's a kind of a double problem because not only are you not getting the fats that we just talked about, but 
or glossed over, but also you're not getting the protein and you need those. You need protein as well. So you die. So let's cross that one off the, the list. The next one is consuming only fat. Okay, well now you're consuming the fat that you need, right? Okay, great. Let's say you're consuming only fat, but then you still have the problem of you're not consuming the protein that you need. So you die. Okay, so let's cross that one off the list. That's three scenarios out of six. We've thrown those out. The next one is consuming fat plus protein. Fantastic. That's keto, right? So you're consuming really low carbohydrates or maybe even no carbohydrates, uh, and you're consuming a lot of fat. So let me let me throw this uh, diagram up here for us to look at. So again, this is just a manipulation of the previous diagram that I showed with the left and the right, the intake and expenditure. You've got the fat molecules, and I've removed the carbohydrates on the intake side because we're not taking in any carbohydrates. So we're only taking in fat molecules. That is uh, our saturated fats, our polyunsaturated fats, whatever it might be, monounsaturated fats. We're taking those in, we're consuming those, they're entering our body, and one of the big arguments that keto enthusiasts like to give is that you see increases in fat oxidation, so fat utilization, and this is where things start to get uh, a little contentious for, for people because this idea that we should focus on fat utilization as our metric, as our measure of body fat or that it's superior, therefore, let me back this up. So you, can, you are increasing the body's use of fat Therefore, it is better for body fat loss. That is not the case. The reason being, and if you're looking at the visual, you can probably already tell this, that you are sure you're expending more fat, so you're getting rid of more of those molecules. However, the problem is you're also consuming more fat. So what your body does is it downregulates your carbohydrate metabolism. So you're not going to be using that many carbohydrates, which is fine. Certain aspects of your body still need to use carbohydrates, like your red blood cells, for example. But that aside, so it downregulates your carbohydrate oxidation, utilization, and it increases your fat oxidation and utilization. Again, I'm using those two words, but they, they mean the same thing. So that may sound great, but the problem is that the intake is so high on a, on a high fat diet that your body ends up shuttling the fat that you're consuming straight into your fat cells or muscle cells or whatever it, wherever it needs it, it's going to just replace it. So all it does is it plucks a, a fat molecule uh, A from the fat cell that's already in the fat cell, and it just replaces it with fat molecule B that you just consumed. Okay, so, so, but if you were to look at a snapshot, if you were to just take a small window, let's say 10 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it might be, you would, you would see the oxidation is really high, which sounds great, but you're, you're, missing the overall picture. So if you were to zoom out, you would then notice, and this bears out in the literature, that those individuals don't end up losing more body fat. 
And I have, I definitely have content showing the actual data from multiple studies showing this. So I, you know, I'm not just, I'm not just basing this off of my quote unquote credentials. Like I, 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 I'm telling you, this is the way it's been. This is the way that it bears out in literature. So therefore, so therefore, right, what, what's, I just want you, I just want to plant this thought in your head. If you are, if you're consuming more, an equal amount of fat that you, that you are expending. So you're burning fat, let's say at a rate of, I, I, I'm not even going to put units on it. Let's say you're burning 50 fat and you're consuming 50 fat, then all you're doing is just replacing it, right? So what could be a variable that you could change in that scenario to lead to the, to an imbalance between those two? Just think about it. I'll get back to that. Okay, so then another scenario, however, another scenario is consuming carbohydrates plus protein, right? So that's that's another possibility. The problem with that is, as you can likely guess, is you'll die uh, because you're not consuming fat. You're not consuming the fat that you need and therefore eventually you'll die. So clearly that's not an option either. So let's just cross that one off as well. So then that leads us to our sixth scenario. And our sixth scenario is a high carb diet, meaning that you are consuming high carbohydrates, low fat, and you're consuming protein. And in this situation, predictably, just like your body was predictably uh, upregulating your fat oxidation, now that you're consuming so many carbohydrates, what it does is it switches, and that's the whole metabolic switch that I talked about in the last podcast, where it, because of this influx of carbohydrates, what does it do? It increases the oxidation, the utilization of carbohydrates. It switches as many of the cells over to a more carbohydrate-heavy metabolism. And therefore, therefore, if you were to look at, right, you've got reduced fat oxidation. So in that scenario, if you were to look at a snapshot, again, the same 10 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you want to do, and you were to look at a fat oxidation, you would say, oh, oh, this isn't good because fat oxidation is low. But that's again not a complete picture and this again if we zoom out and we look at the literature on the overall body fatness loss it is identical (laughs) to a high fat diet so and again i absolutely encourage that you go check out my my content on that because there are multiple studies that show this uh so again, I'm not basing this off just on credentials, but I'd like to I'd like to actually explain why that that really is the case. So again, in this scenario, you're you're increasing carbohydrate intake, therefore the body adapts by increasing its carbohydrate uh, expenditure, its utilization, its oxidation, but the fat is low, right? You're not consuming that much fat. You're consuming just enough to keep yourself healthy, but you're you're not consuming as much as you would like on a keto diet. And yet your body's still going to be using a little bit of fat, but predominantly going to be using carbohydrates. Okay, so there again, what is something, a, a manipulation, a change of a variable that we can make 
that's going to ultimately then lead to body fat loss, not basing it off of the utilization of, or the, yeah, the utilization of particular molecules, but actually the loss of body fat. And you may have already guessed it, but the answer is increase, either increase your expenditure. You can read this either way. You can either increase your overall expenditure or decrease your intake. So suddenly you're creating an imbalance between the two, right? So let's look at that scenario. Let's say you are consuming, uh, well, let's, let's go back to our keto example. Uh, you are consuming, I, I, I believe I said the, the number was 50. So you're consuming 50 fat. Again, I'm not putting units on it. I'm just, I'm trying to keep things as simple as possible. So you're consuming 50 fat. Uh, if you were to increase your expenditure to uh, 60 fat, let's say, well, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe you start doing aerobic exercise. You start doing long distance exercise. You start doing steady state exercise, which is shown to be more fat oxidizing exercise. So you are then going through your uh, fat molecules. You're, you're burning more fat molecules. So as a result, then you've created this imbalance. And if you don't replenish that, then there's an imbalance there of, right, 60 minus 50 of 10. So you've got 10 fat that uh, you have, your body has to make up for because it absolutely must maintain its overall uh, expenditure. It, it must maintain its metabolism, I should say. So the cells of your body have a destined amount of energy that they must have. If you, if your body, if your cells do not have that energy, they die. So obviously your body as an overall system cannot afford to just have you, uh, to have you hemorrhaging cells. So in that scenario, then it's going to defend against that, of course, by releasing hormones and making you hungrier. And we've covered all this kind of stuff on Physionic and certainly we'll be covering much, much more. So clearly, if you're thinking to yourself, wow, this guy's being way too simplistic about it. Yes, I am. I, I absolutely am. And I recognize that there are hormonal aspects and things that I've discussed in the past. There's a lot that goes on here, but ultimately you are creating this 10 deficit this your body needs the 10 it's otherwise the cells die so what does it do think to yourself where does that fat extra fat come from you only have a set amount coming in and you have a set amount of carbohydrates let's say it's zero carbohydrates that's why i've got the the whole kind of dashed line for carbohydrates because they're not necessary so, but the, and of course, assume that you're consuming protein, a low amount of protein, but sufficient to keep yourself healthy. So in that scenario, then the, you're consuming X amount, let's say 50 fat and you're expending 60 fat. So where's the extra 10 coming from? The extra 10 is coming from the, the wealth, the, the lake, the ocean of fat that's already on your body. No matter how lean you are, you, will, you have more fat on your body than you do carbohydrates by a, a, a ridiculous fold. So 
your body starts to tap into that. And some of those hormones that I kind of glossed over, some of those hormones facilitate that. They do exactly that. They start to uh, allow more of the fat molecules to be, re- to be released from the fat cells to be oxidized. So then now if you were to look at the overall picture, you would have this, this imbalance of the 10 fat that needs to be accounted for again, because metabolism dictates it all. And therefore, the body's physiology uh, releases these fats to be oxidized to fill that 10 gap. So now you are oxidizing overall throughout the day, you're oxidizing more fat. And therefore, you would eventually, if you were to continue to do that day in, day out for weeks at a time, you would start to see body fat loss because you are forcing your body. It's more like it's more like you're putting your body in this situation where it has no choice because it must maintain its metabolism. And of course, there are uh, ways that it can that it can reduce your metabolism, but those are uh, more brain centric. And again, another whole uh, area, but still overall, the reason why it does that is because it needs to maintain your life, <laughs> which sounds a little drastic, but technically that's, that's exactly what it's doing. Uh, your body is maintaining your metabolism. So, or trying to as best as it can. And if you, if you do this for long enough, of course, then it starts to reduce your metabolism, but it's not because your cells start dying. It's not, it's still maintaining your cells. What it's doing is it's reducing things like your spontaneous activity. So things like waving your arms around or, uh, the fidgeting and stuff like that, that actually take up a sizable amount of your calories and that or your energy. And that takes, that is part of your metabolism that's factored in. Okay, so with that, then you are then expending some fat, some extra fat on the expenditure side. On the, on the other end, however, what you could also do is not necessarily go through long duration exercise. You don't have to do fat centric exercise or anything like that. What you could also do is reduce your uh, intake. And therefore, now instead of consuming 50 fat, you are consuming... 30 fat, but your, your body still requires 50 fat. So remember we went up to 60 because of exercise, but let's say you don't do any exercise you, but your body still requires that 50 fat. So, but you're only supplying it with 30 fat. So what's going on there then it's doing the exact same thing. It has to pull it from your fat cells. It has to pull it from your body, from your stores to accomplish, to raise it up to the 50 fat uh, expenditure that it needs. So either one of those scenarios can lead to a loss of fat. Now, the thing is though, that the same exact thing can happen with like, for example, carbohydrates. It doesn't, none of this stuff is based off of necessarily the macronutrient. Your body is going to change, it's going to become more or less flexible uh, to the circumstance that you're supplying to it. And I, I'm, again, I'm not a huge fan of making it seem like your body's thinking about this stuff. It's just, it, these are biochem, these biochemical processes that are just happening. They have to happen. Your, your cells are all communicating with one another and they're not sitting there thinking, 
what the hell is going on here? No, they're just, we have X amount of fat. Therefore, the, the, the outcome is we, this has to happen. And that thing that has to happen is based off of your metabolism. Your metabolism is set to a certain number and it stays really stable. I mean, again, another thing that is pretty clear in the literature, your metabolism stays pretty stable until eventually you lose, you know, so much fat that you start reducing your body starts reducing your metabolism through, you know, reductions in non-exercise activity, thermogenesis and like spontaneous energy, like all that kind of stuff. Again, stuff that I'm not really going to go into. So I acknowledge that that happens, but ultimately it, it, it can't do that forever. It can't reduce you down to zero because zero is death. So, and it can't reduce it down to like a hundred because that's still pretty close to death. Um, so it has a range that it can be in, but it has to stick to that range. And how does it do that? How does it do that? How does it stick within that range? The only way, the only way, regardless of what you eat, is to tap into your fat stores. It has to. It'll go into your carbohydrate store some. That's why we see glycogen levels drop. But that's pretty quick. Once that's done, that's why you have this rapid water weight loss initially. And then after that, everything after that, essentially everything after that is fat molecules that aren't coming from your diet. They're coming from your fat cells. Even if you were to consume a high carbohydrate uh, diet or if you were to consume a high fat diet, because the carbohydrate diet, you're already consuming low amounts of fat, but the ultimate thing is that you are in a deficit, your energy deficit, whatever macronutrient that comes from, fat or carbohydrates or protein, if you want to throw that in, it doesn't matter. And then the other scenario, you have high fat, so sure your oxidation is high, but you're also consuming a lot more fat and your, your fat cells are shuttling all that fat back in to make up for it. Unless we change the one variable, or I guess we said kind of two, right? That you could change the expenditure to increase that or you could decrease your intake and therefore uh, have the same effect. I personally, I choose to uh, change my intake because it's much easier that way. It's much more uh, regimented. I can, I can have uh, detailed logs of like what's going on, numerically speaking, to figure that out. So, but any deficit, any delta, so that's what that would be called, any sort of difference between what your metabolism needs and what it's being supplied, regardless of the macronutrient composition, needs to be filled. It has to. There's, there's no exception. So as a result, your body fills that delta, fills that difference with fat molecules. Where do the fat molecules come from? Not from your diet. So keto doesn't matter. Carbs, carbohydrate diet doesn't matter. Vegan doesn't matter. It does not matter. Where it comes from is right in your, your, your fat, from your fat cells, releasing fat molecules to be oxidized, to be utilized. Okay, so in conclusion, macronutrients matter for health, they matter for performance, they matter for the ease of fat loss, 
So if you're one of those individuals that, that gets on keto and you just drop body fat, fantastic. I believe you. I, I agree. It's great. And it works. It totally works because of other reasons, because it makes it easier for fat loss. You have an increase in satiety, for example. You have a change in hormone profile. That kind of stuff, that is a different, more complex way of looking at it, and it absolutely matters. So the ease of fat loss does matter by macronutrients. Or if you have high carbohydrates and you, it, it just makes you feel more uh, in tune with your food, you, you, you enjoy carbohydrates a whole lot. So you have to have them and otherwise you cheat on your meals or whatever it might be. That also works. So Macronutrients matter for health, performance, and they matter for the ease of your fat loss. But the composition of the macronutrients beyond those of necessity, right, uh, proteins, fats, does not lead to greater fat loss unless they establish a greater energy deficit. For the reason that I mentioned, metabolism is clamped for the most part. It's clamped within a range, we'll say within a range, it's clamped. So if you're continuously eating under that, that clamp number, not that your body has a number in mind, but it has a requisite amount of energy that it requires, and it will get it <laughs> one way or another, either you die or it gets the energy and it's going to go for the energy and it's going to pull that from your fat cells. Okay, folks, I really hope that I explained that simply enough. I realize I'm hammering this home because I, there are just so many people that, that just argue about the nuances of all this stuff. And hormonally speaking, it matters, of course. And understanding this stuff in far more detail than how I'm explaining it absolutely matters. And that's, of course, why Physionic is here, right? Like we're, we're going to be going into way more in depth with different factors and whatnot. But ultimately, like what actionable plans you can make, you need to figure that out. Like if you truly feel great on keto, do that. If you feel fantastic consuming carbohydrates, do that. If you can lose body fat, I mean, you can lose body fat with either one and neither one is superior to the general population, but to the individual, it does matter based off of the ease of fat loss. But I don't want you to think that, oh, I'm eating keto, therefore I'm losing more body fat because it, it magically increases fat oxidation or, you know, different gurus are going to tell you all kinds of different things. They're, they're, they're pointing out minuscule snapshots and making a big deal out of it. It's not a big deal. It never will be a big deal. It, this is, I'm explaining the actual biology of what's actually happening here. So yeah, I, I think this stuff is important for, for people to realize. And I'm far, far more fascinated by the metabolism and, and the, the physiology and the interaction of these different molecules, cytokines, I mean, all kinds of different things that make this so much more difficult for some people or so much easier for other people or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, that's the beauty of learning the human body. However, actionably, if that's even a word, uh, 
in terms of taking action for yourself, uh, it doesn't have to be that much more complex. Of course, if you're talking about health, things get uh, more nuanced because you have to take into consideration other things like micronutrients and things of that nature. And there's you can go down a ton of different rabbit holes. I totally understand that. Uh, but I think that's where I'm going to leave it. Just understand that, you know, going back to that earliest example, looking at fat oxidation alone uh, is not a good indication if you're just going to be looking at a small time frame, a couple hours, uh, 30 minutes, whatever it might be. If over 24 hours, you can continuously show day after day after day. And on top of that, I mean, just look at the functional measures. Are these people losing body fat? And again, I, I, I've, I have content, articles, videos, I think maybe even podcasts where I show the actual data and I show the bar graphs, I show the data of people that consume high carbohydrate meals or diets for weeks, months, and people who consume a strict keto diet and even compared to like intermittent fasting or whatever it might be, but we're focused on these two right now. And the fat loss, the weight loss is slightly different, but the fat loss is identical between the two, identical across multiple studies. I can't make it that much clearer. I really can't. Okay. All right. Thanks for bearing with me. <laughs> Hopefully you did. You weren't too, too turned off by the, 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 the final rant there at the end. I've got so much more to say on this topic, but I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for stopping by. I appreciate it. See ya.